Anyway, morena, ketipe a koutou. How you doing? Ketipai, morena. Good to see you all. Hey, so we're in our kind of Christmas series. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because we're in our Christmas series because we're working through these posters which have been flipped. So if you've looked through them before and you started at that end, you'll now be confused. So you start at this end, which makes more sense, to be honest, if you're with me, but all good. So some amazing people came in this week, and they put frames around them and put them back up, so it's looking real cool. So the first eight of what we're working through leading up to uh, Christmas did the first one um, last week, talking about um, God as Trinity, and then today we're doing this one here. So um, the one we're doing today, so you can see it, is God as Creator and God as Love. So that's kind of where we're going Today, and I'm kind of cheating, so I'm really going to focus on the God as love, uh, God as creator bit, because I thought we talk about God as love all the time in this church, and I thought, oh, we don't talk a lot about God being the creator, so that's where I'm going to focus, but because God as love is like everywhere in the Bible, it just kept coming up anyway, and I was like, oh, I was trying to not focus on God as love, but it's like he's just everywhere in the Bible being loving, so there's going to be a few loving bits popping up as we cruise through. So we're talking about God as uh, creator, and so I'll just start with a a funny story. I thought this was funny. Up to you to judge if it is or not. It's a true story, okay? So this is from World War II. Um, the Yalta Conference, uh, which was helmed by the Allied leadership, um, most notably Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Winston Churchill, and Joseph Stalin. So this is at the end of World War II, if you're like, when is the Yalta Conference? But um, It came at the conclusion of the hostilities in Europe during World War II. Excuse me. Um, and it dealt with a variety of major topics, including the fate of Germany, much of Europe, and the emerging war, uh, the ongoing war in the Pacific. In other words, they had a lot of business to conduct and decisions to make. Early in the conference, uh, Roosevelt mentioned to Churchill, we hoped the conference wouldn't last more than five or six days. And Churchill, always quick, um, quick-witted, remarked, I do not see any way of realizing our hopes about world reorganization in five or six days, even the Almighty took seven. And I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. So, oh, that's pretty good. Winston Churchill's pretty funny, eh? So, all good. All right, um, so that's kind of where we're going today with this whole um, looking at creation. And I, I always try and come up with a simple phrase that we can kind of remember. And so this is kind of the core of what I want to keep coming back to today. Um, cool picture, eh? Shut up. So Creation is so beautiful, man. Who, just side note, who's like a total creation person? Like you get in creation, you're just like, oh my gosh. Many of us? Yeah, the rest of you? Slackers. Nah, this is, it is wild, eh? Um, so this is kind of a key phrase I'm going to keep coming back to. Creation is made to worship God and draw us into the worship of God. And so I want to unpack both of these. And I think sometimes we, we get the second part. Creation, one purpose of creation is to draw us into worshiping God. And I'll, I'm going to talk about that a fair bit. But another part that we often forget is creation is made to worship God itself. And there's heaps of verses through the, um, through the Bible that talk about creation um, existing to glorify God and to praise God and worship God. And it's just kind of a wild reality to think about. So we're going to think about that um, a little bit as we go through. But that kind of that, that, that focus of that it draws us into worshiping God. So I want to start with this um, cool verse from Nehemiah. Right? I love this verse. Um, Nehemiah 9.6 says, You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserve them all and the angels of heaven worship you. I absolutely love this verse. Um, I'm not going to get into any arguments around evolution or creation or whatever. 
Um, I'm a literal six-day creation person. I believe God created the world in six days. But if you're a what's often called an old earth person, where you think, no, it's more metaphorical in Genesis, and it's over millennia, then I will still love you. It's okay, even though you're wrong, right? No, I'm joking. So that's between you and Jesus to figure out. I'm not going down that whole track at all. Um, but one of the things I love about this verse is that, that second, um, the, the third sentence. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them, and then this last bit, you preserve them all, and the angels of heaven worship you. And Joseph and I were, were talking about this quite a lot. We did a couple of big walks this weekend, just along the river where it's just beautiful. And um, looking at creation, I was talking about what I was going to be talking about. And, and then this next slide went past, which I'll put up in a second. And Joseph was like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool illustration of our relationship with God. So I'm thinking about that word preserve, and it's a real interesting one. So Nehemiah could have chosen a whole bunch of Hebrew words, but he chose one that literally means to live or to, to sustain life. That's kind of what he's saying. And, and this is what Joseph was talking about. So who knows what that is? Anyone knows what that is? You know what it is? Yeah, it's a little kid's trike. So the little kid sits in their trike, often peddling away, and then, but really the parent's at the back doing all the work, right? You've seen one of these? A few of you? Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Um, so we often see people down by the river with these, and I think this is one of the ones where the pedals don't even do anything. So some of them, some of them the pedals are on the front, some of them they have pedals that don't even, it's real funny. And you'll see the kid peddling away like mad and like going crazy, and then you look and you're like, really, they're not doing anything, really. Well, they're doing a minimal, and it's really the parent at the back holding the, the thingamy who's doing all the work. And we've seen a number of times the parent holding the back and they've just tilted it a little bit. So the kid's peddling away, but it's, their front wheel's not even on the ground, right? So the kid's doing all this work, in quotes, and often the kid's forgotten or they're so young they don't even realise that really. The person doing all the work is um, in, in the parent. And it's really cool watching them because the kid's just having a great day. They're blasting along beside the river and these dogs going past and ducks and all this. Not even watching. And the, the parent the whole time is going, nee, nee, around this pothole, whoa, watch that dog, you know, a cyclist, and doing all this stuff. Um, and so Joseph and I were talking about, or mainly Joseph, was talking about how this is just such a cool example, I think, of that word preserve in there, right? Does that make sense? Um, so often we think we're peddling away in life, and we're working hard, and we are. We're working hard. We're doing stuff. But the whole time, <laughs> God is preserving our life. He's not only giving us life, he's sustaining our life. And the whole time, we're oblivious, I think, sometimes, to the potholes, to the crazy cyclist, you know, to the, the mad dog, God's holding the back of our, our little trike. We're peddling, we're working, and the whole time God's like, whoa, I'll get you around that obstacle. Oh, big obstacle, I'll get you around that one. Oh, another pothole. And we don't even see it. And I, I thought that was a cool, little, um, a cool little image of the way God cares for us. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses in the Bible is this one here, Colossians 1, 29. I just love this. That's why, this is Paul speaking. Um, that's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. And I, I love, and I've talked about this heaps here, right? I love the balance that Paul brings into this verse. He's talking about his whole life and sharing the gospel and everything. And he doesn't say, that's why I sit back on my couch and smoke cigars. I don't know why I thought of smoking cigars. Um, it's why I, I don't just sit back on my couch and go, God, do what you want with me. Use me. Be amazing. And then or the other side, he doesn't just run so hard for God, right? It's this cool balance where he says, I work and I struggle and I focus. And we all know that, right? But at the same time, I'm depending on the power of God. I know that God is the one who's preserving me, right? You see that, eh? You get that? You with me? Thank you for the three people that are with me. It's awesome. So here's that verse again. Now that I've unpacked that preserve word, right? 
Um, you alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. That's just a great verse, right? That's a great verse, just to chew on that. Man, God created all this from nothing. How? What? Oh, my gosh. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserve them all, and the angels of heaven worship you. Mm. I just love that. I'm quite happy to be preserved by God, to be honest. Um, here's the next one uh, that Matt read before, but I want to read just a couple of the verses again. Um, and this, again, keeps thinking about that preserving kind of idea. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to Colossians 1. What am I reading? 15 to 17. So 15 to 17 of Colossians 1. Um, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It just says, Our Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So he's talking about Jesus, remember? For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. And then this verse 17 is really similar to that Nehemiah one we just read. He, so Jesus, existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. It's that same kind of idea. He, he preserves creation. He preserves us. And every time, I've read this verse a zillion times. Well, not a zillion, but a bunch. And every time I read that, he holds all creation together. And like we're leading up to Christmas, my brain always goes to Jesus being a fetus. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this just blows my mind that Jesus is fully human and fully God, right? And I kind of get when he's, you know, in his 30s and he's doing miracles and walking on water and raising the dead, my brain then can go, oh, I get the, the God-man kind of connection, and I kind of can get that he's sustaining and holding the universe together. You're kind of with me, eh? Because he's powerful and he's doing amazing stuff. But when my brain goes back to Jesus being a, a fetus in the womb of Mary, and, and again, it's his divinity, but the fact that he's a fetus or a zygote, right? That's the smallest as far as I remember um, when, a, when a person is first formed, almost imperceptible. When Jesus is a fetus, a zygote, whatever you want to say, he's still doing this. He's still holding everything together, right? Amazing, eh? The, the power of God. I love that. Um, so a couple of things here. That, that bit about the things we can see and the things we can't see. And I love how, I love how Paul says it like, duh. Um, such as, so I'll read that bit again. He made the things we can see. So we're talking about creation, right? He made the things we can see. And we're like, yeah, we see creation. We see the beauty, we see the craziness, we see storms, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, and the things we can't see, as if we're meant to be like, yep, totally get it, but I just go whoosh, way over my head. Such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world, everything was created through him and for him. Um, man, I, I've said this heaps of times, right? I'd love to know what percentage of creation we actually see. Is it 90% and there's only 10% as the unseen world? Is it the other way around? <laughs> Are we really only aware of 10% of all that Jesus created with the power of God? And really, there's 90% that we just have no idea about, right? Now, I'd love to know. I know when we get to the new heavens and the new earth, I think we'll understand it more, but I'm like, it's pretty wild. Um, so I'm going to read the weirdest, I think, one of the weirdest parts of the Bible, um, because it's talking about the unseen world. And again, I'm wanting us to be amazed at the, the creativity of God. Right, so we're going to read this crazy bit from Ezekiel 1. I, I actually go and read this quite often because it just blows my brain. So if you've got your Bible, go there because otherwise you're going to hear me and you're going to be like, what is that guy on about? That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I'll read from the New Living 
translation. So this is Ezekiel 1. So Ezekiel here has a, um, a vision, but it's literally in front of him, of an angel called a cherubim. And then in chapter 10, you can read more of it. So if you want to go to chapter 10, you can keep reading. But um, I just love this. So again, we're thinking about there's this whole aspect to the unseen creation that we're just not even aware of, right? Um, so I'm just going to read. I'm going to try and not make comments, but it's usually impossible for me, so I apologize in advance. Um, As I looked, I saw a great storm coming from the north, driving before it a huge cloud that flashed with lightning and shone with brilliant light. There was fire inside the cloud, and in the middle of the fire glowed something like gleaming amber. Mm -mm -mm. From the center of the... This next bit's hilarious. From the center of the cloud came four living beings that looked human. So I have to interrupt. He's trying to describe the unseen but the only anchor he has in his thinking is the seen world. So he's now going to try and describe something that he can't describe. And if you read through this carefully, he goes like, 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 like. But it's real funny because there he goes, um, uh, came four living beings that looked human. But now when he describes them, you're like, there's no similarity to humans. But he's trying to anchor it because he's like, because the creativity of God is so amazing. So now I'll just read. I won't interrupt that looked human, in quotes, except that each had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, and their feet had hooves like those of a calf, and shone like burnished bronze. Under each of their four wings I could see human hands. So each of the four beings had four faces and four wings. The wings of each living being touched the wings of the beings beside it. Each one moved straight forward in any direction without turning around, because they got four faces. Ah, Verse 10, um, each had a human face in the front, the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox on the left, the face of an eagle at the back. Each had two pairs of outstretched wings, one pair stretched out to touch the wings of the living beings on either side of it, and the other pair covered his body. They went in whatever direction the spirit chose, and they moved straight forward in any direction without turning around. The living beings looked like bright coals of fire or brilliant torches, And lightning seemed to flash back and forth among them. And the living beings darted to and fro like flashes of lightning. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I, again, man, how much of the creation that Jesus did, right, orchestrated by the Father, how much of the creation are we just not even aware of? And how many times, I was thinking about it this morning when I was reading through this, I was thinking, man, how many times in the new heavens and the new earth are we just going to be like, (laughs) whoa? What on earth is that? Not in a disrespectful way, but you imagine if you get to the new heavens and new earth and you know, you're worshipping Jesus and then some cherubim appear, you'd be like, what is going on with their wings and their hands? And, their... and then it carries on with wheels and eyes and you're like, what is going on? I just love it. I love the, the creativity of God and, and how much it seems that we're just not even aware of, right? It's kind of wild. All right, so here's another verse we're going to read. So here's Psalm 95 verses 1 to 7, and this is verse 7. Um, Verse 7 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people He watches over, the flock under His care. And my question is why? Why does this, the person who wrote this, we're not even sure who wrote this psalm, um, why are they kneeling? What's with the worship? Where does this all come from? So if you've got your Bible, jump over to Psalm 95, and we'll read the, the beginning of it.
So this is the, the first verses, and then it's like, oh, that makes sense. Why in verse 7 he's kneeling, he's being, seeing that God's awesome. Um, verse 1 says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him, for the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land. You can see how he's like reflecting on the amazing power of God in creation, and that's what makes him go in verse 6. Oh, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. He is our God. I love that, eh? Um, like I said, one of the, the, the key reasons for creation is to glorify God, worship God, but also to draw us into worshiping God. And so a very gentle challenge um, is if you know you're someone who connects with God in creation, then how much more awesome would your life be if you spent a little bit more time in creation? So what I'm meaning is this, and I've talked about this heaps, right? We, we all connect with God in different ways. So some people, it's in community. And you go to a life group where you come here on Sunday and you're just like, man, this is me connecting with God. Um, for some people, it's an old church. Like I go to the cathedral quite often to pray and I just walk in and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel the presence of God. Um, for some people, it's in sung worship and you listen to worship music or you come here to sing in community and you're like, man, I just feel God's presence. But for a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, it's creation. And they get into creation, and they're just like, man, I just connect with God. I feel his presence. I, I know he's with me. I, whatever. So one of the things I just want to encourage you to do is to think, how could you do that a little bit more in your day? It might only be five minutes, ten minutes. And for some of you, it would be like, yeah, I need to be more serious. I, I know that's how God's wired me, and I'm just not doing it. Now, Hamilton is just covered in parks. We have the most amazing parks ever, <laughs> everywhere. Um, how about once a day, once a week even, just setting aside five or ten minutes to get to one of the parks and sit and just enjoy creation. Not just like sitting in the sun and listening to music and going, this is great, but going there with the purpose of listening to God and connecting with God because you know that's how we designed your soul, right? Um, I know for some of you and maybe some of you on the video or the podcast as well, that's a real scary thought. Oh, park. Ugh. So maybe just your backyard. Um, Hopefully where you live, maybe if you're in an apartment, this would be tricky, but where you live, maybe you can just sit in your backyard. Again, with that, that point of like just listening to the birds. There's so many birds in Kirikirua. It's nuts, right? And just connecting with God. So I, I thought about it a lot this week. I wonder how much more connected with God and refreshed my soul would be if I was a little bit more intentional about spending more time in creation. Because one of the reasons for creation is to lead me into that connection and that worship of God, right? So that was a gentle one, right? a gentle encouragement. All right, I got a quote here that I just love this quote, and I love this next picture. It just makes it go, oh, my gosh. First of all, how cool is that bird? Oh, my gosh, look at the little blue bits on his, the tips of his feathers, her feathers. I don't know, their feathers. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, John Calvin. So John Calvin, one of the reformers back in the 1500s, one of the big guys. Um, and so he's like literally one of the top theologians ever. Like, he is the man, but yet, I love what he wrote, it's so simple, there is not one blade of grass, there is no color in this world that is not intended to make us rejoice. <laughs> I love that, eh? God created it because he loves us, right? God designed, and I was thinking about it a lot this week, God designed us in such a way that, that the colors in creation just blow us away, the blue of the sky, and the green of the trees, and the whatever of the river, and 
designed us with really cool ears to hear the birds, to hear the water, designed us with eyes to see, you know, it's like amazing the way God, um, there's a wisteria tree that Joseph, a vine that Joseph and I walk under when we're going to the river, and the smell is just like, shut up, it's awesome, I'm a boy, and boys are normally like, oh, smelly flowers, but I'm strong enough in myself to say, man, you walk under that wisteria, and it's like, oh my gosh, this beautiful way, God designed us to to be led to worship, but just to enjoy creation, to, to, to love the creation that he's put us in. Um, I love this verse. I was reading this this week, and I was like, where's a cool verse that talks about, um, about creation or whatever being okay for us to just enjoy, that it doesn't have to always be about leading us to a place of worship? And, and this verse, you guys know this verse. I love this one. First Timothy 6, 17. The first part's funny, but I just left it in, right? Teach, well, it's not funny, but it's like, yeah, 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 we get that. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. And I was like, we all go, amen. <laughs> Money's like here today, gone tomorrow. And then a bill appears. And you're like, where did this bill come from? Oh, my gosh. Their trust should be in God. And that's this last bit, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. <laughs> it's cool, eh? It's not like creation is awesome and amazing, and it should lead us to worship. But it's also just to be enjoyed. It's also to be going to sit by the river and hang out and be like, man, what a beautiful day. Ah, oh, this is... This is really cool. <laughs> um, so here's another encouragement. And I say this one really, really, really carefully because I know, yeah. So some of you are doing great. And if you are, awesome. Go you. Give yourself a high five. But heaps of people at the moment, shot bro. Heaps of people at the moment are just struggling, just feeling overwhelmed, weary, fried, whatever you want to say. And the danger in that, and that, that's how Jason and I have been feeling a bit lately, and the danger in that is that you kind of start shutting down doing anything extra, right? And so one of the things that we've been trying to do, trying to be more intentional on the weekend, is to go and do something in creation. It's real easy to sit at home and like, I may or may not play on the PlayStation and kill bad people, bad guys, of course. Um, Jason might read a book, but it's like we're, we're being aware that even though we're feeling weary and tired, because God created us to enjoy creation, there's just a massive benefit if we get off our butts and go for that walk down to the river or just go and sit outside in, the, in our yard or something. So I just want to encourage you, if you're in that place where you're like, man, Craig, I am smashed. I am fried, especially you people on video and podcast day. I just want to encourage you to try and make that effort to do something small. It might be real little. It might be just like, right, I'm going to go and sit in my backyard. It might be like, right, I'm going to pack a small picnic and go to the river, you know. Like Jason and I did that on Friday night, and we were both feeling a bit smashed, and we were like, no, we've got to do something. So we just chucked a bunch of crackers and cheese and junk in a backpack and just walked down to the river and just sat on the edge of the river, and it was so, it was super hot, and we almost melted and died, but apart from that, it was so beautiful. And it was like, man, we could have sat at home and watched a movie, but instead it was like, no, because I was thinking of preaching on this. God created us to enjoy creation and be in creation. So I just encourage you to try and figure that out. All right, another quote and then some questions. I love this quote. This is great. George Washington Carver said, I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting system through which God speaks to us every hour. And that's that last bit, if we will only tune in. <laughs> I read it again, eh? I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting system through which God speaks to us every hour. If only we'll tune in. <laughs> yeah, if only we'll tune in. Hmm. Takes effort, though, right? Takes effort, but it's all there, sitting there. All right, a couple of questions for us to think about. 
Says a couple of questions. What's your favorite aspect of God's creation? What do you see or hear or feel that so draws you to worship God? Um, or you might want to think about question number two, which is a bit more grunty. Why do you think God created so much creation we're not aware of and we can't see? So why do you like that um, in Ezekiel 1 or Ezekiel 10 or in Revelation and Isaiah 6? There's all these amazing images of a whole spiritual realm we're not aware of. So why do you think God created so much that we don't see? So, so we'll have a little chat. So if you're visiting with us, the dealers stare at the screen and no one will bug you because you might be hanging out with God. But if you're not staring at the screen, then people will now turn to you and have a little chat. So grab, just maybe choose one question for a couple of minutes. Have a little talk and then we'll carry on. Anyone, either question, got any thoughts? Louise, what do you reckon? Yeah, cool. No, oh, that's cool, eh? Yeah, birds are just ridiculous, eh? My gosh. Anyone else? Either question? Any thoughts? Yeah, hello. Yeah, totally, eh? Yeah, so many native birds are amazing, eh? I'm always ticked that tuis do that weird little coffee thing in the middle if they just keep singing their beautiful song. Oh, and then they're like, I don't know, and then they carry on. So, gooses. Anyone else? Sound of water? Yeah, it's wild, eh? Yeah, so cool, eh? So cool water. Yeah, Roz. We thought about God, um, his humour, his baboon. Plastic bottom-type baboon. Wow. Yeah, Roz is saying, just for the video on that, for God has such a great sense of humour, like the variety of animals, and some look quite weird, like an elephant with a massive long trunk. Like, what's up with that? Or... Um, some of those birds, you will have seen them on YouTube or Insta or whatever, where they do those crazy dances when they're trying to do the wild thing, which is church, so we don't talk about mating in church, Roz, oh my gosh. Yeah, the diversity of God's creation is just amazing, eh? Anyone else? We're all good? Ah, let's finish, eh? I think I'm just going to finish with this, going back to this slide, because I think it's cool, I love that last little bit. I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting system through which God speaks to us every hour. It's that last bit, if only we'll tune in. Um, yeah, I, I think we're just so blessed to be in Hamilton. Just so many beautiful places we can go. But again, it's making that effort. We can sit at home, watch a movie, sit at home, play PlayStation. Who would do that? Um, but if God... Yeah, I would do that. But if God designed us to enjoy his creation, and if God designed us to connect with him, to be drawn into worship with him, then, and I, so I could say it in a negative way, and I kept thinking this week, I don't want to say it in a negative way, the negative way is then, duh, what am I missing out on by not doing it, it's not rocket science, right, but I want to say it in a more positive way, it's like, man, how would my life be different, how would my life grow, how would my life be more enjoyable, more refreshed, more revitalized, how would my life be more connected to my creator, if I do that last bit, if we only tune in. So I encourage you to be thinking about this week, eh? Um, even if it's, you know, sitting in your backyard just for five minutes, ten minutes, and just listening, looking at a tree, just but with that purpose of enjoying it and listening to God. So, all right, Etu, stand up, let me pray, and then we're going to sing another song. Okay, let, let me pray for us all. Yeah, Morena Atua. Um, yeah, we really do thank you for the beauty of your creation. Um, we know not all of us are, like lose our minds when we go into your creation, but a lot of us do. Eh? 
Um, a lot of us feel refreshed and revitalized and connected with you, which just totally makes sense, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I really pray for anyone who's really struggling at the moment. And they're like, man, don't add another thing to my week, Craig. I'm just feeling so stressed. I just pray you, through your gentleness, God, we know you're so gentle with us, that you might show them a real simple way where they could connect with you. Um, even their backyard, maybe a park nearby, maybe on their way to work or home or somewhere where they could just pause and just be in the beauty of your creation. We thank you that you designed us so well to connect to feel, to experience um, the awesomeness of your creation, God. Yeah. Yeah, pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.